if it was hot tea. No, I'm not there yet. I'm working on getting my my tea set. Like a legit tea set? Yeah. Nice. Well, that'll be a post-Christmas venture. Yeah, look, find out where you can get um, just loose tea. Good loose tea. Because I have this new um, water bottle that has like a little infuser in it. Mm. So you just pour the hot water on it and it keeps it in like this. It's it's really cool. But you got to have, I mean, you can use tea bags, but I would prefer to use the loose tea. I just don't know where to get it. Well, next time I'm in Japan, I'll pick up some for you. Sweet. It wouldn't be too much trouble getting it through customs. Oh, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) May look suspect. Man, I am sleepy. Slap yourself a couple times. You might have to. Run around the room. Ugh. You got to power through. This This is the final episode of this series, anyway. Is it? Big milestone. I had no idea. Yeah, 26. I thought this was just part one of many seasons. Oh, are we doing two parts? You think this is going to require two parts? Probably, huh? Probably. Cool. I don't know. Guess we'll see how how well we do. (laughs) See how it shakes out? Yeah. (laughs) Plan? What plan? All right. All righty. Hello, everyone listening. Welcome to episode... 26 of Full Impact. Today we are covering the very last episode of the critically acclaimed anime Neon Genesis Evangelion. The title of today's episode is The Beast That Shouted Love at the Heart of the World or Take Care of Yourself or if you're on Netflix, The Beast That Shouted I at the Heart of the World. Don't really know why they had to change that. <laughs> but I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, the irreplaceable Allison. Ah, uh, thanks. Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if that change in the title is like that like-love situation that we dealt with a couple episodes ago. Like, changing the word? Maybe. I like love. I do too. Better. Better. All you need is. But I also really like take care of yourself as well. Yes. I think that's my statements. I think that's my preferred title out of the three. They're all pretty good. I, I prefer love over I, and then I would say take care of yourself would be close second. All right. So um, we're going to try our best to make this smooth. Um, it's kind of like navigating a car crash. <laughs> so bear with us. We start right off um, with our little narration capital letter thing. And it says, in the year 2016, the instrumentality of what people had lost, that is of the heart, was underway. However, it would take far too long to depict all such events. We will therefore focus on the instrumentality of the heart belonging to Shinji Akari. Um, apparently <laughs> so basically like... there's a lot of shit that we can't go over <laughs> yeah here's an um, example I don't know if that name's supposed to mean something to me Shinji Ikari but I don't sounds know. vaguely familiar but yeah so it's important to know that this is kind of what we see here is happening with 
everybody else too in their own way um but we're just gonna follow shinji because he's our dude <laughs> he is our dude all right so we we'll start off with case three shinji akari um we got a little candle and we get uh plugs the plug suit um floating and just a bunch of images because nothing stays on the screen for longer than 0.3 seconds in this episode <laughs> and i guess now is a good a time as any to kind of make this statement um do you think that that all of that has a purpose as like a stream of consciousness type of feel like that's kind of what i got from it because it like the whole episode it switches from different types of artistic interpretation like sometimes your memories and stuff like that are are different in your mind so is, do you think that that's deliberate or did i just stumble yeah, on something i think so i mean they could very easily have just you know stuck a still image on for 60 seconds like they do in other episodes but right right um things are moving very quickly and stuff changes a lot i think it's just very uh representative of what's going on in Shinji's mind slash the instrumentality of Shinji Akari. Okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, that's just one man's opinion, you know. <laughs> Noted. So it starts off with terror. It says terror. Um, basically, Shinji feels like he would be fine if he just disappeared. And our narrator voiceover thing asks why and he says because i'm unwanted um he thinks that he doesn't matter so he wants to run away and also the voices change a lot so i didn't take the time to write out who says what every time because i just don't have enough time in the day Maybe that's a bonus episode down the road, but yeah, this one this one came at you rapid fire. So no, I'm with you, and I and I don't know that um, that has as much significance as it has in other episodes, only because, like I said, I feel like this is more of a stream of consciousness. So it's it's not meant to really be like a solid thought. It's just kind of like all of this stuff mashing together. So the fact that we don't know exactly, I think, is kind of the point. Yeah, and I feel like they've changed the voices a lot because the things that are being said could um, be applied to more than one character. Right. Right. But yeah. Yeah. So basically, everybody's terrified and everybody's anxious. And that's why they're all just going to merge together to fill in each other's gaps. And that's essentially what Instrumentality Project does. In layman's terms. <laughs> <laughs> On the very basic level. Yes. Um, I believe it's Gendo who explains that people can't survive unless they're part of a group. And even though in the end they are alone, that's why it's so painful and lonely and why we want to embrace others and become one. Yeah, it it is Gloves that says that. And um, he said, people must live in packs to survive, um, which I think is interesting. Choice of words. Um, I mean, you don't think of people as being in packs, but um, you think about people who, you know, are in complete isolation um, that don't 
ever speak to anyone or see anyone. And they don't develop the same way that people who interact and have relationships with. So in a way, he's right. I mean, you kind of did not just to survive physically, but more emotionally and mentally than than anything. So I think it's, a, it's an interesting way of looking at it, but it is kind of true. If we are going to bring up my um, psychology background here. Um, we need four things to survive. Food, water, shelter, and a sense of belonging. Hmm. And most people miss that last one, but it is very necessary. It is necessary, and I think it also is rooted in you from a very early age, as it, as we've seen from a lot of these kids' backstories, that I think a lot of these feelings and thoughts stem from that from an early age that they weren't getting a sense of belonging yeah and then they isolate themselves and they fall apart (laughs) yep and and it's an interesting thought you know that that we're all broken people and we can all fit together it's nice in theory but is it (laughs) i mean i don't know it seems to be feeling pretty comfy over here according to them feels good yeah yeah I mean, uh, okay. I don't know. I was just going to talk about what Ritsuko says following Gendo's little spiel. Go for it. Um, she talks about how we're fragile and we're weak alone, but through <laughs> instrumentality, we can become whole. And the voiceover, much like the audience, is like, why? <laughs> <laughs> and Gendo thinks that we won't survive if we don't. And then our voiceover asks if that's true. And then we get some existential questions. Like, why are you alive? (laughs) And he says, I don't know. (laughs) That's an excellent question. It's been asked for centuries. And then we do get... um, It's Ray that asks, why are you alive? And then Asuka answers... Because I want to find out why. Um, and then Ika asks, who do you live for? And Oscar responds, for myself, of course. And Shinji responds, probably myself. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot Shinji. Um, again, I'm going to kind of throw it on the, the symbolism here. Do you think there's a reason why we're seeing the backs of them and not their faces? While they're being asked these questions? I don't know. I feel like there could be a few different reasons. Um, I wasn't sure. I mean, it's it's very distinct that you know the fact that they do it. Um, I didn't know. I guess I thought maybe it was for a little bit of ambiguity, you know, so you kind of can put yourself in Shinji's shoes or whomever you relate to in this particular situation. Um, but that's just one gal's take on it. Let me let me check something. Ray asks. The question, and when she asks the question, she's facing the audience. Okay. And, um, but then, late, not like a few seconds later, she answers a question, and but she's facing away, like the other people are. And also, Asuka has a red background uh, when she answers. 
I mean, we always associate red with Asuka, but still. And then Shinji's is black. I don't know if that makes a difference or if it's just to contrast the two. Possibly. Or, you know, Asuka is more the heated one. Shinji's more the voidish one. <laughs> so that could be part of the color representation. I don't want to stretch too much, but I think there might be a... Or there could be a reason why we have a ray facing away from us answering and also a ray um, facing us asking the question. Right. But that's for another episode. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yes. Uh, so Ray asks if she says, are you happy to be alive? And Shinji, of course, says, I don't know. Asuka says, of course, I'm happy. And Misawa says, I only want to do things I enjoy. And we get a nice little picture of some 8-bit sex scene with two people holding hands. Right. I like the little 8-bit <laughs> scenes in here. It's, it's, there's a lot of imagery in this, in this episode. And there's, a, there's a lot going on. Um, I mean, I guess that's due to the fact that, that we're, you know, at, at the end here. But there's just so many, like, random images. It's almost like they were like, all right, let's go through everything we, like, threw on the cutting room floor and, like, just montage it all together. <laughs> Yeah. So it's cool, but it's also a lot to listen to and symbolism. It's 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 cool. Yeah. This is one of my faves. So we move on. Our next little focus here is about running away. And the question is what's wrong with running away from hurt and pain? And then we get our classic Shinji line saying, Don't run away. And Ray asks, What's the reason for not running away? And Shinji says, um, it's painful when you run away, and that's why he can't. And Ray retorts saying, "Isn't even when it's pain that you're running from? Um, and then we get a little line that hasn't really been thought upon so far in the series, and I think it's Misato that says it. And she says, if you really don't want to, if it's really painful, it's okay to run away. And the whole theme of the series, or one of the themes, has been to, to not run away. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Flipping the script on you. And Shinji retorts saying that he worries that um, that more pain will greet him if he runs away. And then also, if he runs away, he'll be alone. So that's why he doesn't. But if he does as he's told... Um, then he'll be fine if he stays. Right, but he won't be being true to himself, though. No. And it's, it is a very convoluted, but all coming back to the same issue. Um, you're running from something that's painful. Not only is it painful, but the, the running away part is also painful. So your your solution to the problem is almost making the problem worse. And I think that's what they're coming to realize is that it all boils down to this, you know, not wanting to be alone, this being afraid of pain and not knowing what to do with that because they were never taught what to do with it. So there's a lot of this back and forth, you know, until you finally a lot of the similar conversations until finally they start to all come together and understand that it's one rooted problem. Yes, indeed. That was a nice summary. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. 
So then they move on and they talk about how Shinji has convinced himself or he's both convinced himself that he doesn't matter to anyone or anything and also he hasn't considered the fact that other people also have problems and it's not just him. And so he thinks that if he thinks that he doesn't matter to anybody and he doesn't consider that other people um, might have problems or pain, that if he runs away, then he's not responsible for anyone's pain but himself. And it lessens the burden, even though that's not true. It's a bit cowardly because he does matter to other people and other people do have problems and his actions affect others. Yeah. My friends and I have problems. Someone said that once. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Hey, any opportunity that I have to throw in uh, song quotes, I'm going to jump all over it. Also, while they're going through this little scene, we have a couple images, real life images, not animated ones. Yes. Of like concrete, like a super great and I think an overflowing shopping cart. (laughs) Yeah. I wrote, what's with the cans in the cart? (laughs) Like weird scapes, weird just pictures. Oh man. I wrote this nice little line of what I basically just said, but my line is so much better. I like specifically wrote it down. So I'm like, when I get to this part, I can just read my line and I don't have to say it on the spot. You know, I am just so disappointed in myself. Well, now you got to read it because we need to know what it was. Okay, so after Shinji was talking about how he doesn't mention anyone or anyone or anything, blah, 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 blah. I said, if you convince yourself that no one cares for you, that you don't matter to anyone, then you relieve yourself of any liability when you run away. If you admit others care, then you knowingly hurt such abandon them when you run. Wow, that was worth a read for sure. Very good point. Thank you. So it's true. You should go back to your psychology teacher and tell him what you've learned. (laughs) He'd probably be like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Tell him, listen to my podcast and then mic drop and walk out. (laughs) So they're piggybacking off of this why he doesn't run thing. And basically... They talk about how um, that he keeps himself going off of the praise that he gets from others. Um, and Shinji says that no one accepts him. And Misato responds that that's something that he's just assumed of himself and others. He doesn't know that for sure. And... I think he says that being, or it's it's said that being an Ava pilot is the only thing that gives Shinji and Asuka any worth. That's what their entire identity and self-worth is based on. And that's why they both find themselves in this predicament here. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's a, it's a mental predicament that people can relate to. Because I think that... We struggle a lot with our worth and all of us, no matter who you are, you're comparing yourself to others. Um, You know, there's there's lots of reasons, you know, why this back and forth goes on. And it, it it's this perception of yourself versus the world's perception of you. And I think that's this internal struggle that they're having now. 
Yeah, and it's certainly not easy to, one, not compare yourself to others, and two, this self-worth thing is not, you're not going to just, like, watch this episode and be like, wow, I have (laughs) (laughs) self-worth. I am priceless. (laughs) But it's definitely relatable, their dependency on their being a pilot, or, you know, it's the same as someone as you know defining themselves strictly by their career or their relationship or a hobby or their family etc this one factor and if that factor wavers or disappears and they're in, they just crumble and they don't know how to define themselves right essentially you're putting yourself into a box and limiting yourself to just that one facet of who you are instead of realizing all the different things about who you are. And sometimes those things cause conflict with people. And that's what they've seen having had to work together, being alone, most of them for a very long time um, and in very sterile environments. So they were finally faced with others to think about besides themselves. And so in lies this struggle, you know, I mean, I want to run from the pain but that running causes pain for other people where before when you're alone, it doesn't really matter. But when you've formed connections with people, then it really does matter. Yeah. For shizzle. <laughs> so Shinji goes on this little rant about how, and it's part Asuka as well, that before they were pilots um, and in Shinji's case, when he was staying with his teacher, there was nothing special about him. But he gets to stay in this place with these people because he pilots the Ava. And if he doesn't pilot the Ava, then he doesn't get to stay there. And he's not even thought about the idea that there's that there could be a version of him that's not piloting an Ava. It's either either I pilot the Ava or I just go back to doing nothing. Um, yeah, to quote him, I think he says, "I don't have anything. I have, yeah. I have nothing." And and so, yeah, it's he's he's locked himself in the Ava box. Yeah, and he's, without that, he has nothing. Right. Um, then we get the voiceover that says, "My life's value is zero. <laughs> That's why <laughs> I hate myself." And it's it's what's interesting to follow is that as Shinji is gets to or is guided to you know all these different points on this little arc that we're following here the images that we see reflect the conclusions that he's coming to almost as though he's creating whatever world is in his mind is what is broadcasted to us so when he says that his life's value is zero and that's why he hates himself we get that same um, phone in his hand, the one that had said, good job, um, you know, from all the other people. And instead now it's saying how everybody's saying that they hate Shinji because that's what he thinks. And now he's, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy in his head. Yeah, I'd li- I like to call this the green phone of hate. <laughs> um, essentially, it's just spewing out all the things that Shinji thinks in the voices of the people that he cares about. So it's almost like it's someone outside of himself validating what he thinks he already knows, if that makes sense. 
<laughs> um, so it's it's to hear sometimes when you tell yourself something, but then you hear it from someone else, um, it can it can be a different experience. It is a different experience. And so, um, yeah, and I'm glad that you brought that point up about the fact that, you know, before it was the, it was the green phone of love, but <laughs> now it's the green phone of hate. And it's because that's where Shinji's mind is. And so this is just kind of reaffirming what he already thinks is happening. Yeah. And he's making this assumption that since since he hates himself and he can't conceive loving himself, then how could anyone else possibly like him? They must hate him too. Um and that's where he's at right here. And we get all these different shots of um, you know, saying, I hate you, and then we continue to get shots of just real world items in black and white, like there's a bicycle and there were like wires in one. Um but when he pilots the Ava, he gets praise and approval. And he says that that makes him happy. But but he's not happy. <laughs> no. No. So, so it's... Okay, sorry, go ahead. No, you go, you go, you go. You got this. <laughs> Um, and I, I think that we've discussed this before, but it's it's worth uh, re-mentioning. You, no matter how much the outside world tells you something, it's really what you tell yourself that matters. And y- you can, it, to convince yourself of something is a totally different thing. So Shinji's just telling himself that he's happy because he thinks that's the right thing. When really... It's the thing that's holding him back the most by limiting himself to just following orders and being an Ava pilot. Um, But it's comfortable for him and change is not comfortable. And I think that's something that they're going through now. They're they're having to change and realizing that the things that used that they thought made them happy really aren't because they're still not being fulfilled. Um, This is a really cool scene. and, And I love how it's kind of, you know, this process of self-actualization and you know and like you said i mean it doesn't wrap it up in a bow for you and say oh you know everything's gonna be great (laughs) and all of a sudden you're happy now no but at least it calls out the fact that everybody feels this way at some point in their life and i think that's the theme with all of these characters is that even though there are different motivations and different personalities and different you know stations in life they all basically have the same fear and so they're when they feel like they're alone they're really not alone at all hence the instrumentality project i guess so yeah you have it he's just relying on this shallow validation from others that he gets when he pilots the ava to kind of supplement um his lack of self-love Yep. Um, so he, it's, it's a, it's, it seems like almost like an, a, an addiction. Like he, he needs it because he just, he will fall apart without right. it. And that's why it's so important that he stays an Ava pilot. Right. False happiness. Yes. Indeed. So we get, the, I think this is a pretty iconic shot. It's a um, black line drawing of Shinji with a red background, but all the spaces that would be colored in are flashing 
random images from the show. That's so cool. Um, and so basically, the little conclusion that we come to collectively is that Shinji needs to develop an identity outside of being outside of Ava One, outside of being a pilot. And if he doesn't, then the true self within him will fade because he can't be entirely dependent on it. And I think the last line that we get is that Shinji says, being a pilot is all there is to me. And then we get the quote-unquote midpoint title card. (laughs) And you're like, Shinji, listen to yourself, dude. Like, it's frustrating to hear, like, these great points. (laughs) And then he just, he keeps reverting back to this self-loathing. It's just, that's, I guess it shows like how strong that feeling can be sometimes. And um, I I just think that this is, you just like, come on, dude, like wake up. But at the same time, he's just so entrenched in it that it's going to take some time for him to figure out how to do this life thing. Yeah, it's not easy i mean it's a it's an anime but they're speaking some pretty real concepts here that a lot of people struggle with totally totally so relevant mm -hmm, indeed i think at this point shinji has possibly never been more relatable (laughs) um, (laughs) to certain people (laughs) me maybe (laughs) but following that line we do get the title card, it's at like 7 minutes, 40 seconds, even though we still have over 15 minutes left. Um, and it just says, it was just weird seeing it. It just says, finale, take care of yourself. And it's just like, whoa, hit me. <laughs> it's like it was talking to me. Yeah, and hopefully, it, I mean, hopefully, but it, it's, I'm sure it speaks to a lot of people, myself included. I mean, I think everyone, like I said, it's, it's a relatable concept, whether it lasted, you know, years or months or whatever your time frame is. There's there's been a rough patch um, makes me, most people go through. Makes me think of those freaking BetterHelp advertisements. That all these other podcasts have, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> I I understand because it's the same thing over and over again, and they're just like, um, during this time, we're all struggling with blah 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 blah. I know I've struggled with blah 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 blah. Better help blah blah blah. And I'm, I've heard like ten different people say this exact same thing. <laughs> True, but there once was, and and trust me, I I understand where you're coming from, but at at once there was a time where we didn't talk about these kinds of things. And, you know, especially mental health, I think, has always been a difficult topic for people to discuss. And it's also very subjective and yet undefined. So it used to be that you just didn't talk about these things, You, you know, tough it up or whatever the case may be. And I think now we're at least having more of a conversation about um, these feelings and that how they, they aren't just <laughs> individual to you. There are people out there who feel the way that you do. And like this is saying, you never want to feel alone. So knowing that there's someone out there that's going through something similar can be helpful. So as much as it is frustrating, I think it's important to remember that at least we're having the conversations now. And I think that's important. It's not that I 
don't want to hear about like as I would say a lot of other podcasts they have like the same they have other advertisements that are repeated you know between different ones that you go to right and it's it's kind of a double edged sword in that I'm I'm glad that you know things like BetterHelp are you know getting advertised so that people can get help I guess what bothers me is hearing it from all these celebrities and stuff who are just saying this script, you know, <laughs> it seems very um, unpersonal and ungenuine. And that's what bothers me. Um, I can understand that point of view. I'm also going to play devil's advocate on this one and say that um, we don't know what their struggle is, you know, just because they're celebrities and, you know, they have money and convenience of life doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have problems, too, as this show has taught us, you know, so... I don't know. I, I can, I totally understand. I, I just, I think that it's more important that um, we recognize that these issues are not something we should be ashamed to talk about or feel bad about talking about. I think it's important that we do have these conversations um, because you'll find that you aren't alone, <laughs> that there, that there are people out there who have felt this way at some point in their life. And um, I think this is a very, heady way an artistic and entertaining way to bring that concept to life and i will say i mean when this when this the time frame that this show came out i mean you these weren't topics that we discussed so it was kind of like it was a bit ahead of its time um talking about this kind of stuff so kudos yeah, and I, I want to take a sec. I don't want to invalidate or discredit any celebrities that have had that. I'm, that, I'm not saying that they, they don't have problems or they can't have problems. It's just that I've heard 20 people say the same thing, and that one of them has an ounce of like individu- individualism in it. And it makes it. it makes it harder to take it to heart. <laughs> but just in case any of those celebrities happen to be listening, we would still love for you to reach out to us. <laughs> Yes, Despite except for Will Arnett. Will Arnett can do no harm. <laughs> so if you're out there, well, we'd love for you to guest on our show. Find your thoughts on, on what's it called again? I don't want to plug it. Never mind. <laughs> you you don't you guys know who you are. Um, so now that I am off my soapbox and done digressing. <laughs> I'll turn back to the first scene following the midpoint title card. Um, we get different kind of aspects of nature almost um, with different characters talking about it. Um, sun, sky, daybreak, rain, life fading away, the beginning of today, the beginning of an awful day. And everybody ends it with saying, I don't like it. I really, really liked this part for some reason. I just... (laughs) You should be a TV critic. I really liked this part. This show is good. (laughs) Um... I thought it was very interesting. Each each one of our our power trio um, described a part a, a 
point in time that they don't like. Um, for Shinji, it was rain. For Ray, it was dusk. And for Asuka, it was daybreak. And for all different reasons. But at the end, again, we're pulling this theme to, of, of everybody feeling the same and not really realizing it. Even though they have different outlooks of these points, you know, during the, the day, it, it all boils down to there's something that they don't like about it. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I thought it was very cool. Like how their voiceover came out and how the they were describing what, it was just cool. <laughs> my words, cool. my words are good. You have very nice words. <laughs> the best words. <laughs> tremendous. Words are- They're tremendous words. Yes. <laughs> so we get the voiceover or, no, we get, somebody's asking, what do you wish for? Let's just get that out there. And the voiceover response saying, you're afraid of anxiety. You want solace. And we get um, Shinji saying that he's afraid or terrified of rejection. And that um, what he wants is contact and acceptance. Uh, and then the voiceover says, do you love your mother? <laughs> and then we're back to the, what do you wish for? What do you seek? Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe we get the big letter voiceover again saying relief from anxiety and loneliness. Um, and we have a response saying that before I can be happy, I want something. I want to be valued. Or be valuable. And that was a lot of uh, scrunching I just did. (laughs) (laughs) The technical word for it? Yes. But um, doing my best here. So basically, so far we got the general gist is that he's afraid of rejection. He wants acceptance and contact, um, you know, relief from anxiety and loneliness. Um, But before he feels he can be happy, he needs to be valuable. He needs to be valued. Um, And the voice here says, I want value. And this is where we take our turn here to start making our point. And the point is that value is something that only you can give yourself. I mean, yeah, I, I, I basically said uh, value. And if you're, you're they're questioning who determines that value, well, only you can determine that no one else can for you. It's something that you have to determine whether that's a high value or a low value. It's all up to you. Yeah. So. But then, you know, of course, Shinji has some uh, resistance to this. Um, and Asuka as well saying, you know, that they're. That they're nothing. They're they're worthless. And then the voiceover or the people that are responding then and as well as Shinji and Asuka, then they start asking themselves, you know, what are you then? What who are you? You know, if you're if you're nothing, if you're worthless, then what what are you? And that's where we get the cool part of the episode. One of the cool parts of the episode. <laughs> One of my favorite parts. Um, so this idea of 
it's like everyone talking to Shinji is like, okay, if you think that you're nothing, you think that you're worthless, and that's just, let's roll with this. So we basically dissolve the boundaries, the lines that make up Shinji and everything around him so that it's just line art of Shinji and nothing else. Um, and I think one of the points that comes up here is that you are you, but there's a boundary between you and the scope of what it means to be you. And that's what they're kind of stripping away in order to help make this point. Yeah, and I think I think it is a very important point to reiterate that there is a difference between you and what it means to be you. Because I think being you is being you, and what it means to be you is what that means to other people. It's kind of like what we were talking about way long ago, um, and I always come back to this point with gloves because it's one of the thing, one of the only things I ever thought was somewhat good and heartfelt in him was that you know we carry people in our heart we don't need you know possessions to represent them that they were the we experienced them and that is imprinted on us and I think that's kind of what we're getting here too is that you are your imprint on someone else so it's not just the physical you being it's also the experience others have of you so I think there is a duality there it's but there's it's important to reiterate i think <laughs> yes <laughs> and you did it you did a good did a good job thank you um a couple examples that they use are um like shinji's clothes his shoes his room these are elements that make up who he is or what it means to be him um you know and everyone around him and all these his environment, the people around, they're all elements. They're all connected to his, consci- his consciousness and how he perceives himself. Um, and <laughs> Shinji ends it with saying that he basically doesn't know who he is then. And he asks himself, who is he? Where is he? What is he? Um, you know, he's just you just can't win with this kid. <laughs> you really can't. He's thick as hell, man. And so the voiceover response, okay, so basically you you wish to close off yourself from everything. This is the world that you're you're kind of getting at here. This is what you think you want. A world where you're shut off. Um and Shinji says that you know no one will understand him. Um, and I think it's Misato that gets this great line. And of course, I usually quote the subtitles because it's just a lot easier for me to write down since I can just read it and I don't think rewind and listen for it. So it's all, always might be a little off from what you guys hear uh, audio-wise. But Misato says, the only person who can console you and truly understand you is yourself. So you need to take care of yourself. No truer words have ever been said. I miss M. Then right there, I agree. I think, I think that is <laughs> the core of what we're getting at here. And um, I think definitely for sure. 
What do you think? Uh, I'm just agreeing with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> oh, okay. That wasn't a threat either. That was just a question. <laughs> um, what do you think? Not to be overdramatic, but in case someone's just listening and you're just casually going about, you know, doing your job, cooking food, sitting on a bus, um, I think it's worth it to go back and really take a second and soak that line in. Um, do you do you want to say it again, or do you want me to say it again? I don't know if you have it written down. Nope, go for it. All right. So again, we sat over talking to Shinji. Says the only person who can console you and truly understand you is yourself. Is you yourself? So you need to take care of yourself. Hopefully. It'll sink in the second time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, you only get, you only have one you, and you need to take care of it at all costs. Um, if you know, if that costs you friendships, if that costs you relationships, if that costs you jobs, uh, in the end, it's worth it. Because as we've said, none of those things should define you. What should define you is is how much you value yourself and how well you take care of that value. Uh, the rest doesn't matter. And so. Shinji will devil's advocate you and say, but there's no real me. I don't understand myself. And I wrote, how can you take care of something you don't understand? I guess that's the problem with Shinji right now. Which is a fair, it's a fair point, but <laughs> we, we do that all the time. I mean, anytime someone brings life into this world, you don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> you think you do on some level, but you never really know. And you're never going to be perfect at it. And, you know, you, you do the best you can with what you've got. Um, but to, I feel like Shinji's, this, this whole thing is like kind of a, like it, it, this, inability to face himself like he just he just can't do it and so i feel like he thinks that there's nothing there but it's really that he just doesn't know how to really look within himself to find out what those things are he just he's just not giving himself the opportunity because he's just like it's like beating your head against the wall with this kid yeah and you know he they they reiterate to him that he's he's afraid and anxious about just about everything himself his job the people around him his environment and they kind of try and almost reassure him and tell him that you know you might be anxious and afraid right now but you know things change time is constantly moving forward the world can change at any moment based on what you're feeling um yeah so if you can control how you feel about things or how you perceive things and you can change the world around you. Yes. Instead of, you know, crying, crying about the things you can't change because it, nothing is going to last forever. It's, it's a, life is constantly moving and changing and you have to try to adapt with, to it. And he just, he doesn't want to adapt. He just wants to, (laughs) fall away and it just it's sad because again it ties back to his self-worth if he really cared enough about himself then he would try to do all of this stuff but i love this visual it's almost like a 
um, like an oilish type painting or like when they do sketches of like um, fashion models and stuff, um, the, the three girls are surrounding Shinji and they're all kind of power stance. And he's like down there on the ground with his head in his hands. It's like it's actually kind of a, a great <laughs> statement about things like, again, and I'm going to, you know, go totally off the rails here, but it's like. Everyone always says how emotional women are and, you know, unpredictable, yada, yada, yada. But here we are with three badass chicks and here's the dude on the ground not knowing what to do with his life. (laughs) It just seemed to me like kind of a good flip of the script. Yeah, and he's the one that kind of holds the key to the car right now, too. (laughs) Exactly, which is is kind of similar to the way it is societally, too, Um, that we we, we haven't been driving the car for a while. And the person who is is being a bit erratic at the moment, (laughs) knowing that there's other people that could easily get behind the wheel and and handle things. Um, But, yeah, no, I I just – I thought it was a – just that particular image just – really stuck out to me and I thought it was kind of a good thing to bring up in this time of empowerment. Yeah, I really like these little like hand-drawn colored markers drawings that we have here. Me too. Me too. It remind <laughs> it kind of reminded me uh when I was very very young my favorite book was Harold and the Purple Crayon and it's just about this kid and he has a crayon and he like basically draws his own world around him and it kind of this is kind of what it reminded me of like we got a floating Shinji and like things are starting to morph around him and it's the world is what you create it to be and I I think that's a good comparison to to what we're where we're going here yeah and as our ladies are laying down the law on him and he's retreating into his turtle shell. Um, he, he thinks that he wishes for a world with no one else. And that's, that's where we get the example shown here, um, with the floating Shinji with nothing around him. You know, it's the world with just him. There's no one else. There's no restraints, no pressure, no anxiety, nothing. Uh, he refers to that as freedom I think. yeah a it's world important. of freedom which yeah, and, it's true there's nothing sense. you can't do yes but remember back um uh i believe it was casanova possibly who said um that death is the ultimate freedom because it's just nothing and i think maybe ray might have made reference to that as well um so comparing freedom to death is kind of a comparison that I think people who are struggling may think of, you know, freedom from their thoughts, freedom from their anxiety, freedom from all of those things. But if the ultimate freedom means nothingness, are you willing to sacrifice that? Ask right, yourself the, that question, folks. You know where to find us with the answers. <laughs> Full Impact Podcast. I was waiting. Dot com. I was waiting for the, the email block. <laughs> I like getting emails, guys. I really do. And I'm not that confrontational, despite what anyone else may have said. Uh, I love to hear opinions. I think it's important that we have conversations. I think if you love the show as much as we do, uh, you'll be just as excited to write it as we are to read it. So just throwing it out there. All right. 
Well, I... That's an interesting point that you brought up with the concept of death being the one true freedom compared to this world of freedom that Shinji has here now. Um, I think they're slightly like apples and oranges-ish just because the instrumentality project just kind of throws everything for a loop. Um, in terms of like this this world that he's in is um, kind of limitless right now. You know, whatever he can think of or wants or can desire, he can kind of so it's more of, So it's more of a blank slate than a black hole. I think that Kaoru's statement, not that it doesn't hold true, but it's more rooted in reality. And this is more rooted in this conceptualized world that we're dealing with right now. Okay. Good of um, you to draw that compare that contrast. So if Shinji's in control and he can do anything, and this is the world that he wishes for, then this is the world that's gonna come to fruition. <laughs> A world of nothing but himself, basically. Uh, world of freedom. And I think that it's important that they define freedom as a lack of things that confine you or restrain you. There's no restraints. Unless you think of something. Right. It's completely free. But as Shinji realizes, there's... It's empty. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. Duh! <laughs> So, yeah, and it makes him feel uneasy. And it's hard for him to visualize himself as a person or where he is or what he ought to be doing. He can't define himself if there's nothing around. Um, and that makes him anxious. Um, you know, having, being, having a sense of no direction can certainly be anxiety feeling and so in an effort to relieve some of that anxiety they add a restraint or a constraint and they draw the horizon line and so we get a boundary of where the ground is and we also get gravity and in doing so he's lost one degree of freedom in that he has to be on the ground now but at the same time he feels safer okay how do we feel uh, about that I think it's a huge step in okay. helping Shinji understand what he needs to hear. Mm -hmm. I um, agree. Because they kind of took what he had been saying so far about, you know, being alone and wanting to get rid of anxiousness and loneliness. And they're like, okay, fine. We'll get rid of all of that. There's nothing, not a single ounce of it. You know, just like push it to the absolute extreme. So he can realize how ridiculous it is. And now we're going to slowly work back. It's almost like rebuilding his psyche. Yeah. Like literally building it back up from scratch. Because when, when, we're, when we are first introduced into the world, everything is new to us. We don't really know. We have to have consequences, constraints. You know, we can't walk right away we can't you know all of those things um but it helps you 
learning how to do those things, it helps you relate to the world. And I think this first step too, um, because Shinji is all about following rules. And I think when he doesn't have rules to follow, that's what makes him anxious. Some people are that way. Um, you know, they, they don't, they need a more structured environment on their own. They're just literally floating out in space. So they need to be grounded in some way. And I think that's where Shinji's at. Like, so you need to follow rules. Like here's, here's a few of your rules. You got to stand up straight <laughs> and uh, you're going to be on the ground. So I, I think it, it, it's helping him to understand on a very basic level um, in a way that, that he is used to relating to the world. Yes. You know, even though he's lost a degree of freedom, he now has something to work with. He can walk. He can he can will himself to do this thing because there's something to work with. There's something he can help define himself with. Right. Um, and they even go on to say, you know, that like even though you've lost this one degree of freedom, you can you can walk, you can will these things and you can change how you orient yourself and they do all these different changes here. I love that. <laughs> I have to just interject this during stick finger, stick figure Shinji, which is what I'm calling this. Um, his little cartoon steps and <laughs> the, the sound that it makes when he like, first walks. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. I literally LOL'd. <laughs> this, Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Um, this little scene it starts about at 12 minutes, 46 seconds. I don't know when it ends. But basically, the point that they're at here is that the shape of reality as perceived by you. Like, you, you, the world around you is based on how you perceive it. Um, and you get this cool animation of him just, like morphing into all these different shapes like an egg and a, a being and a fish and like a little angel thing it goes to a cross and then it burns and then you know just like an eye all these shapes oh, the transition between all these things is just amazing. it's really very good very well done okay let's see so we're back to kind of the beginning here we've covered that if there's nothing, if nothing exists outside of yourself, then you can't determine your own shape. In that, you'll lose your sense of boundaries. Um, your sense of being will kind of fade because they're, you're the only thing there. There's nothing to compare yourself to in a healthy way, not compare yourself in a bad way. <laughs> yes. Um, and so that's where we move on to the next part here, focusing on self-image. Um, and they say how you learn your own shape by observing the shapes of others. And they go on to explain that the first, quote, other is your mother. And I think that's... <laughs> yeah, other um, mother. <laughs> yeah, other mother. Um, that relates back to a previous episode title, too, I think, right? First other, I'm pretty sure. Can't pull sure it off right. the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it is. So yeah, your mother, generally speaking, is the first thing you observe that's not you. Yep. Um, 
But I think too, like I'll jump in real quick too. I think um, if you think about it too, and we saw this kind of mirrored in the um, the structure of the Ava, um, when a, a baby and its mother are one for a while, even though they're two separate um, beings, um, both spiritually and however else you want to think about it, um, it, they're two, and then that baby's born, or they're one, and then that baby's born and they become two. And I think, um, that, like you said, that's the first transition from this emptiness. You know you're somewhere. You don't know where you are. Um, but then you come out into the world, and this is the first person that you see. And that's who you start. And that's why, as we've reiterated numerous times, the relationships that you form, especially with your parents and siblings, if you have them, um, is is the most important bond that you make because it's the first one. It's how you're going to be shaped to see the world. Wow. Right? Damn. <laughs> My therapist would be so proud of me. <laughs> so Shinji finally comes to conclusion, finally comes to the realization that while he is himself, there are others within him, in his heart. Um, I guess it's him finally realizing or that like he's not alone. Like there's there are other people in the world there, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. But with this conclusion or this epiphany, we get my next favorite part. Um, I actually didn't write any notes <laughs> during this segment. Um, it's basically the part where it's this sitcom version of what this world could have been or how it could be. It's basically showing Shinji as having a perfectly fulfilling, but normal life without him having to be an Ava pilot. Showing him that there's, there's all these possibilities and this is just one of them, you know, that he can define himself however he wants and doesn't have to be dependent on this one thing. You can still live a fulfilling, happy life. And although it's very um, jarring to watch because these characters that we've known to grown to know are just opposed to what we're used to, it's still very cool. <laughs> it is really cool. Um, there is... Been a few shows. Well, there's one show in particular that um, their season ended where everything was just a dream. Like everybody woke up and none of the last like six seasons had taken place. Like, and this is the new reality. And it was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt at this point of the show because you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, but I think it's really a wonderful concept that it things don't just have to be, you don't have to just accept the way things are. You can change the way things are. And um, if you just 
know that you're worth doing it for. And I think that's what this last part represents. I am going to call out one thing that if anyone knows where I could find it, that bobblehead of pen pen. <laughs> I want that thing so bad. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> what a great idea. What a great way to bring him in without bringing him in. You know, I thought that was really smart. And if anyone knows where we can get our hands on one of those things, Please let me know. You know yeah. where to find us. If Funko wants to make a pen pen bobblehead pop, I would not. Oh my it. goodness. Funko, get all over that, man. It's it's a huge market. So in case you're, uh, obviously you're listening, but if you need a little refresher, Shinji's waking up for school. His childhood friend Asuka comes over every morning to wake him up for school. His parents are getting ready for work. He was washing the dishes, washing the dishes. Gendo's reading the paper. Um... We get this shot of the balcony, and I love it because, as you may remember from the very beginning, I made it an effort to point out that Misato's balcony was the only one with any furniture on it because they were the only ones in the building. And now all the balconies have stuff on them, and it was enough to make a grown man cry. It was. It was a pleasant sight. It was, yeah, from what I recall, there's a lot of greenery and just life there, where before it just seemed like there was just, it was just desolate, and Miss M was the, was the only one there. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a nice little, it was a nice little change. And so we get Shinji and Asuka running down the street so they can make it to school on time. They're talking about this transfer student that's coming in. And who is this student but a alternative Rei Ayanami who was running because she's also like with a piece of toast in her face. And she has never looked <laughs> happier in all of her existence than in this like short few second scene. Seriously. I like how um, even though this is a different, you know, reality, there still are some elements of our characters there. Um, for instance, you know, Mama Bear being the the caretaker, you know, washing the dishes, probably, you know, telling him, uh, telling Gloves to put down the paper. And he's just with that, like, whatever you say, dear, kind of thing, you know, just very, like, I don't know, in a Gloves way. Um, but even though it's, it's a, it's, it's a different environment. There are still elements of these characters that this that are still the same. Asuka's still shrilly and slap happy, and you know Shinji's still indecisive and lazy. <laughs> um, so I think even though it, the 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 character is still kind of really there. Ray being the new girl, I think is kind of representative of her being on the outside looking in a lot of the time um, we saw her alone. And so her being new kind of reinforces that piece of her, but I felt like it was <laughs> totally different Ray, like just great. And I, I but I, I do like how they keep some essence of the character still there. Yeah. And you know, this is, they're like you said they still have their personality traits but you know this is obviously asuka and shinji aren't ava pilots ava pilots aren't a thing in this world um but you know this is a shinji without anxiety or depression this is a shinji who's not defined himself by being a pilot he's just a kid you know who has friends and goes to school and you know has a crush on the teacher who is Miss Misato. 
who um, never looked better bt dubs <laughs> but just saying you know and they have this like and asuka doesn't have her issues as well you know they have this this banter still but it's a more of a healthy banter and it's not it's not that like all of a sudden we can just make shinji and asuka's trauma and you know like mental illness things disappear it's just that this type of world is something that could happen if you work towards it yep you know just i mean the whole point of this is to show shinji a life a fulfilling happy life where being an ava pilot is not even in the consideration Right. And really, that's the only element. That's the only piece of the equation that's eliminated. All the people are the same. Places are the same. um, You know, environment is the same, except for that one factor. So if showing him that the thing that he thinks defines him and makes him the most important, if that thing were taken away, there is a possibility that you could still be happy. And I don't think he ever thought that was a possibility before. No. Um, And he has this little little um monologue here i think i'm gonna paraphrase it but he says in reference to the scene that we just saw play out um she says that you know this is a in astonishment he says this is a possible world that's within me and that the me that i am now isn't the entirety of what i am different versions of me might exist there could even be a me that isn't an ava pilot and we're like well finally when it took like (laughs) whole season to get to this point <laughs> um i go i wrote out a big paragraph that's a quote from the subtitles here um because the last minute or two of the show has a lot of nuggets in it um, well, we're, we're here to all right if you're good with it Test those nuggets. Heck yeah. All right, let's see if I can read my handwriting here. The real world might not be a bad place, but I do hate myself. It's your heart that perceives reality as being ugly and painful. Your heart, which is interpreting reality as the truth. How you see reality, how you interpret it. The slightest change in those leads to huge changes in your heart. There are as many truths as there are people, but there's only one truth for you. Built from a myopic worldview using information altered to protect yourself, it's a contrived truth. People try to see the world using only truths that have been handed to them. Sunny days are cheerful. Rainy days are depressing. You start to assume that that's the case because others tell you so. But fun things can also happen on rainy days. A change in how one small detail is interpreted can transform everything. The truth within each of us is a fragile thing. That's the little little end there. That's an excellent synopsis, for sure. And I mean, I, I think we've, you know, definitely gone over it, but... Um, just and i think you kind of touched on it there too is that it doesn't sometimes it's not a huge change sometimes it's a small change and you know adding up those small changes eventually you'll see a totally different 
site. And I think it's important to know that it doesn't have to happen in a day. Um, it doesn't have to happen in a few years, but um, it does happen. And the heart thing, I, I want to touch on that too. Um, it, it, our heart is what keeps us alive. When our heart ceases to beat, we cease to physically exist. And so I like to believe that that's where our life experiences are stored. That's where our, you know, the people who have impacted us both here and not here, where they live. Um, and that's what keeps us going much like our physical heart keeps us going. The, the experiences that we have with other people, the relationships that we've had with other people that keeps us going too. But ultimately it's us with the keys to this car. (laughs) And unlike Masato and her crazy driving, take care of those, take care of yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, maybe she should get probably get nominated for an award or something after this one. <laughs> what would the award be? Busiest beaver? <laughs> Bushiest beaver. Bushiest beaver. <laughs> Whitest tennis shoes. So it continues on. Gendo throws up a little thing that Shinji is simply not used to being liked by others. And then Shinji, of course, retorts again because he's like a broken record here. Doesn't everybody hate me? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, that's just what you come to convince yourself of. And he's like, okay, but I do hate myself. <laughs> and they're like, Ray has this little thing. She says, one who hates himself is not capable of trusting or loving others. Which I um, think is a very important point to make. But that doesn't mean that you're not deserving of love. True. True. I think but that's again. very important. If Even if you don't like yourself or don't love yourself, that does not mean you are not worthy or deserving of love from others. Right. But that's a hard internal conflict to have. You know, um, if if you are you and you define you and you define yourself as nothing, then that's how you're going to think the rest of the world perceives perceives you no matter how much after the last 22 minutes of trying to explain this to him it's still it's it's hard sometimes it's very hard for people to see that distinction um even though they don't love themselves they are worthy of it um for some people it's very hard to see that is as we see in shinji i'm sure that a lot of people can relate to that feeling and on the flip side of that there are a lot of us who feel as though, well, why can't you understand that? Like being a person that, you know, cares about someone else, if I saw that they didn't care about themselves, that would be upsetting to me. And I would wonder why they would feel that way, you know? So I think just to kind of touch on all of those things, um, again, I think the theme of all of this is know your worth, take care of yourself. Indeed. And while we're on, you know, the point that Ray made about not being capable of loving or trusting others. Um, Misato says, you know, but if you understand yourself or you begin to understand yourself, you can be kinder to yourself. And then we can kind of start to move in a positive direction here. And the last little monologue that Shinji gives himself, where he finally breaks through, there's two versions. Is it the one on Netflix? The one that originally aired is a little different, and I want to read that one too. 
So the first one, um, the one that you're going to see on Netflix here, he basically says, I hate myself, but maybe I can learn to like myself one day. Maybe it's okay for me to be here. And he says, I want to be here. It's okay for me to be here. And I think it ends with him saying, I'm me. I want to be myself. Mm-hmm. And we have the big, like, <laughs> everything blows away. And everyone's congratulating him. And it's this big, you know, momentous occasion. Um, but I like the original one better, I think. I got more emotion out of it. I'll say I don't have Shinji's voice. Um, but the OG one says, I hate myself, but maybe I could love myself. Maybe my life could have a greater value. That's right. I'm no more or less than myself. I am me. I want to be myself. I want to continue existing in this world. My life is worth living. Bam. Boom. I mean, I had to take a minute to let that sink in because it really is, it's important. Um, You know, a lot of people think that, you know, they confuse selfishness with self-love. There's a difference. Um, You know, before you can love anyone properly, before you can have healthy relationships with anyone, um, you have to have a healthy relationship with yourself and who you are. And if you don't do that, that is going to spill over into every aspect of your life. And hopefully it won't wind you up in an Ava or take an Ava for you to figure that out. Um, Hopefully, you know, you'll figure it out on your own. But I think it's just, it's, it's just such an important message. And I think this show has made a really good, choice and addressing these kind of things and again just showing you that there's possibilities that it's not a guaranteed truth but there are other possibilities yeah and that's all you need yeah you just need something to work with here you just need to if you can accept that there is a possibility then that's something to build upon that's right that's right um so that's i mean in this little mini storyline that we followed this episode in the previous one this is a very heartfelt and positive note to end on you know shinji coming to the realization that his life is worth living on its own um in terms of the overarching storyline and the many others intricately woven within it this ending does not tell us shit You heard it here, folks, first, folks. <laughs> so if you watch this and it comes to the credits and you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> Which I guarantee will be your reaction. Or it probably was, considering yeah. you most likely have watched the show already. You are not alone at all. No. There were lots of people that, and continue to think that this ending is amazing there are many 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 people who absolutely hate it and even sent death threats into the creator about how he ended it because they were so upset um i mean they don't answer really anything we don't know what happened with tokyo 3 we don't know about these mass-produced avas we don't know what happens with zila uh is 
Asuka alive? Is Misato alive? Is Risco alive? What's Shinji doing? We don't know any of that. We've all been in this little world here. And if you remember, I said that this episode and the previous one take place kind of in the future, and we're going to kind of backtrack a little bit when we get to End of Evangelion. But for now, I mean, just picture you're watching the show in 1997, and this is the last episode that airs. You're watching this. um, It aired March 27th, 1996, end of the series. You don't know about anything else. And the next movie, which doesn't answer anything either, <laughs> doesn't come <laughs> out wondering. Doesn't come out until March of the next year. And then finally, End of Evangelion doesn't come out until July of nineteen ninety seven. So you have to wait over a year if you were watching this a year and a half to know what the hell happens. It's crazy. Crazy. And this was pre, I believe, uh, pre Sopranos and pre Game of Thrones, because just like as far as endings go, where you feel very unfulfilled at the end, <laughs> a lot of people had some strong feelings about the way that those two shows ended. Um, and to have to wait. You know, it wasn't like streaming now that you could get everything like immediately. You legit had to wait for the shit to come to the movie theater, <laughs> go out and see it, like get the VHS. Like it was a whole thing. So the level of uh, uh, being upset at the end, I can I can see was extremely heightened because there were not certainly not as many options then as there are now. No. And um, just so everyone's clear on the schedule here. We will be covering the film, which on Netflix is titled Evangelion Death True Squared, um, next Friday, um, which is kind of like a recap movie with some extra stuff in. We'll see. It's good. Watch it. And then the following Friday, we will cover End of Evangelion, or start to cover End of Evangelion, which will be the definitive end of the OG storyline of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Looking forward to it. Uh, And then, quick note, um, exciting news. um, To celebrate the 25th anniversary of Evangelion, which was this year, um, it was October 4th of this year, 2020. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, they're supposed to be releasing next year a, I believe it's Blu-ray, Blu-ray collection of the whole series, um, the recap movie and in Evangelion, which will be the first time that it's available in the U.S. on anything, <laughs> really. Yeah. So. Anything tangible, anyway. Now, I think that this will be the Netflix version, I think, that you'll get here. It will include the director's cut, which is great. Um, but if you're someone like me who wants to be able to experience it or have it uh, how it originally aired, you would still have to get the one of the older collections, like the uh, Platinum one. And then you have to get the movie separately. It's just a big clusterfuck. <laughs> Guess what we're getting each other for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> one last thing, actually. That very last Thing that they say on screen is the voiceover and it says to father 
thank you to mother, goodbye, and to all the children, congratulations. Which, hmm. I mean, doesn't have a lot of context, but... But a I nice sentiment think. nonetheless. Yeah, I guess. We'll, we'll, we'll see if that comes up later, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we also have something special coming up. Is that right? We do. We do. Um, alert, alert. We have a bonus episode. We know how much you enjoy our little divergent from the show. Um, so just to keep it a little, you know, low key or no, DL. Uh, we're not going to tell you who it is, but uh, we will be interviewing a first time viewer of this juggernaut that is neon genesis evangelion um he this person has been watching it in its full glory and supports our little podcast faithfully um many strong opinions yes (laughs) um many many strong opinions so we're really looking forward to getting their take um and we want to hear from you too i mean we would certainly love to have anyone uh who'd like to you know leave uh messages for us or come on the show and discuss some of your thoughts and opinions we we would love to uh open that invitation to all of our listeners because obviously we enjoy talking about this show so we'd love to talk about it with you too so um get ready bonus episode coming at you it's gonna be great lots of good questions lots of strong opinions it'll be good bam boom so, yeah. So, yeah. So, we, uh, you covered what's coming up next in the old feed for our faithful listeners. And as always, we want to say thank you. Uh, means a ton that you listen to our little podcast here. Um, we do ask that you could please just take a couple seconds and either rate or review us. It helps our podcast get out to the world and other people who may like this show or may not know it exists but you know someone that this might help out as we've discussed in this episode so send it along uh we certainly hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as we enjoy making it um i am one of your hosts allison and with me as always is the immeasurably talented nick no let's not overdo it now but thank you. <laughs> uh, just to reiterate again, so we don't have any confusion for people watching, the next episode, next regular episode, we'll be covering the movie, which is on Netflix, titled Evangelion Death True. So make sure you pick that one. Um, it was originally Death and Rebirth, but they revised and edited it and renamed it. So just make sure when you go to watch your episode for next week, you watch the movie Evangelion Death True and not End of Evangelion. Yeah, carve out a little bit more time to watch that yeah, movie. For sure. Um, and we'll hear you talk to you next week. So until next time. Until next time.